Welcome back to another Mackham in the Middle podcast, the first of the new championship season. Ipswich at home is the first game, of course, 5pm kickoff on a Sunday. And as always with the previews, we are going to get a look from the opposition view. And we are joined by Rich and first and foremost, promotion to Ipswich Town last season. Um, very similar to Sunderland in the way that they never, ever, ever belonged in League One. But just it's an exceptional feeling to finally get out of that league. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us on anyway, mate. Um, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, look, you know what it's like being in that league. Um, that was our fourth season. Um, it's nice now. I was, I was speaking to one of my mates today. It was, uh, I think, last season, I think our first away game was Forest Green. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to them. I think there's about probably three, three and a half thousand there. Then you come to Sunderland, obviously, on Sunday. Stadium of Light, I think it's going to be like 40,000. So, like... Yeah, look, it's great to be back in in a in the championship where, yeah, I think we we probably I know a lot of our fans have got expectations of Premier League and that, but we haven't been in there much in like if you look in like the last twenty five years we've been in there, I think a handful of seasons. So for me, championship is where we should be. Sort of we've well, we've got a bit of money now with our um, new American owners, so we should be a, a strong championship team pushing towards the playoffs. I'd think, mate. Yeah, I think it was two thousand one. I think you were last in the Premier League. Yeah, two. Yeah, we were in there for two years. Um, I think we smashed you five 0 at Portman Road when we got relegated. It sounds about right. Fanidi George scored a. I, I don't know if you've seen it. Go on YouTube and look at it. He scored an absolute wonder goal from the right hand side. It's it's a fantastic goal. But yeah, look, that was obviously a long, long time ago, and we've um sort of fallen sort of. Fallen away as a football club since then, but we're um, we are on the way back now. Yeah, same could be said for both clubs. And you mentioned there, obviously, about the ambitions that Ipswich have this season, and you know every page on social media always does their predictions for the season. They'll rate the managers. I've seen people rate McKenna as the best Championship manager in the league, and um, obviously did excellent at Ipswich last season in League One. Possibly a bit of a stretch to say he's the best in the Championship when he's ever managed there, but we'll get on to that. And the. You know, the main prediction that people keep seeing is Ipswich to, you know, I, I want to say the dark horse, but I don't know if they are the dark horse because everyone seems to be expecting them to do very well. Um, is that the feeling amongst the Ipswich fan base as well, that, you know, top six, top ten as a minimum will be the aim? Um, I've seen some of them saying top two. I think it was the racing post that us to win the league. Uh, look, I, yeah. I'm, not, not, I'm not in that camp. But I think... The, the step up from League One to Championship, I think, is massive, and I think it's it's probably look. You have expectations when you come up, obviously, like you did last year, and you've got momentum and you've been winning games. But it's like, like I just said, it's a, it's it's totally different because I looked down in fixtures. No disrespect to the teams we're playing last year, you've got no easy games in this league. I'm, I'm looking, yeah. thinking, blimey, where are you going to get the points? If you look at our fixtures, I think look through December, we've got, I think we play Leicester, Leeds. Obviously, Norwich, who we've not beaten for 14 years, we've got them. So, it's a hard game every single week. So, as far as I'm concerned, I, I think I think we, we, we'll be okay. I think, look, we'll play some good football. But our fans need to realise that, I think last season, we, we lost four games. That was it. Mm. You know, we come to the Championship, we're going to lose some games. You know, you look at Middlesbrough last year, I think they lost 15 games and they still made the playoffs. So... For me, we still need to invest in the squad. 
we've signed four already, but I think there's talk of two or three more coming. We've got a few injuries going into Sunday, which we'll probably touch on. So I, I think at the minute, I, I wouldn't have us getting in the playoffs. I, I've got us between sort of eighth and probably 13th at the minute. And look, it, it all hmm. depends how you start. If you get some early victories, you can build on the momentum. Another thing it's if you're lucky with injuries, obviously last year you had a lot of injuries, but you still made the playoffs, didn't you? But in the end, I think yeah. that probably that hurt you in them two games against Luton. Cause I watched that second playoff game and you had sort of, you had no center off. So You've just you've got to have a bit of luck along the way, but look, we've we've got the momentum. Everything's really positive at the minute. But I'd probably have us finishing. I've got us down to finish about ninth, and I think if we finish ninth in the league, if we beat Norwich, who we've not beaten since two thousand and nine, um, it's just building on that positivity and keep everything going in the right direction, mate. Yeah, obviously both clubs have made a handful of signings. Sunderland, obviously. With the look that we have with strikers, we do sign a striker and he gets injured a day after signing. So I think in the market, we will be after another one of them. Um, obviously, Nathan Bishop has just signed as a backup goalkeeper. But from Ipswich's point of view, they've brought in a few players. Obviously, Jack Taylor from Peterborough, um, George, Hurst, George Hurst sorry, from Leicester, Omari Hutchinson from Chelsea as well, who is very highly rated. Do you expect to see Ipswich bring some more players in this season? Yeah, I think it was. we, we were on the... Um, this time last week, we were in Austria playing in... Um, we actually won the Innsbruck Cup. We beat um, Leipzig and we drew with yeah, it. Um, yeah. Berder Bremen. Um, but Mark Ashton, CEO, he done an interview and he said there's there's going to be another two or three to go. He said into the starting eleven. So I think at the minute, we, we, look, we've got two or three injuries going into Sunday. First eleven, I think we're quite strong. Um, it's underneath that. Whereas last season in the championship, there was there was times in them games when we're three or four nil up at home and we'd make about four substitutions on 70 minutes. And I'm thinking, yeah. I don't think we'll be doing that this season, you know, because it's a whole different league. Are some of them players good enough? Look, you don't know probably until until they play there. But I think the, the squad at the minute needs, I think we've actually got uh, 24. So we've got one space left in the 25. So if he brings in another two or three, there's going to have to be some outgoings. But yeah, look, we're just, we're just going to have to, be lucky with injuries. I think it's obviously we've got Nathan Broadhead. You had him at yeah. Sunderland. He was on loan. He's potentially out Sunday. Um, he's a really good player. It just worries me a little bit with him. I think he had a few injury troubles when he was at yours. So you just got to keep your fingers crossed that you can keep players fit. But look, it's a grind and it's Saturday, Tuesday. There's plenty of games. And yeah, that depth of squad will definitely be um, be tested for me throughout the season. Yeah, you mentioned mentioned Nathan Broadhead. We'll get on to him now because, like I said, he had a successful loan spell at Sunderland in League One. Um, he went back to Everton the season after. Obviously, picked up a few injuries in that season. A lot of fans wanted to see him come back to Sunderland in the Championship on a permanent deal. Whether we were ever in for him or not is unknown at this stage. But he did end up dropping back down to League One to obviously join Ipswich. Um, you know, I've seen some of the goals he scored. He's a very good player. How important is he? Ipswich because when he was at Sunderland in League One almost all of our link-up play when he was in the start 11 came through him yeah obviously he scored uh, the last time he played it as we drew one all that was actually um, Kieran's oh no Kieran had just taken over he was there watching he, Nathan Broder was actually playing for you that day and he scored look he's he's a top class player he's um, he came in in January I think he scored eight goals got six assists and he played a massive part 
to um to get us out of that league. And he's one of these players where I think you need him fit for a, a lot of the games this season. It just worries me a little bit that he's picked up a bit of a knock in uh, preseason game against Luton. Um, there's rumours that he has trained this week. I, I don't think Kieran's done his um press conference yet, so I've not seen if if he'll be fit. But yeah, I think he's he's a real key player for us this season. I think I was actually surprised, you know, that Everton Everton were really struggling. He never really got a look in there. He obviously went yeah. to um he was, I mean, he was on loan money at same Wigan. Same with Ellis Sims as well, because I think he yep. the Everton ended up calling him from Sunderland, which kind of screwed us over a little bit. But even when they didn't have a striker, he wasn't getting a chance there either. They obviously had Tom Cannon out alone in Preston, um, who looks set to go out alone again this season. You know, that's three very good strikers that, you know, could have offered something to Everton last season that they just didn't didn't want to entertain. Yeah, Sims, Sims, I think, played a little bit, didn't he, after he's, they'd recalled him. But the way that they struggled, I thought, surely they'd... Like Tom Cannon, excellent player who's on loan money at Preston um, last season, so I think he'll probably get another championship loan move. But, yeah, Broadhead for me, uh, massive, massive player. And I think he can... He can have a really good season if if he can actually stay fit. Um, I think he he'd probably be one of our, our key men, and I think he'll, like I said, he got eight goals in the second half of last season, six assists. He plays in the front three off the left. Um, he was too good for League One. You know, you've yeah. obviously seen him play there for Sunderland, and, and I'm thinking he's obviously come to us with hopes that he's going to get out of that league and then play in the Championship. So it'd be interesting to see how he. He sort of goes this season, but I'm I'm really looking forward to him. I, I like Nathan Broadhead. I think he's a really good player, and I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that he's um he's going to be fit for Sunday. Yeah, I'm certainly not. Um, two changes, two big changes um this season, not just in the championship but across the leagues in England. The first one, obviously, being the amount of substitutes that can be named on the bench, which is you know neither here nor there. And I think it's been up from nine to twelve. I think it is. Was it seven to nine? I'm not sure, but it's, it's gone from seven to nine. Yeah, seven to nine. Yeah. So there's yeah. obviously more players named on the bench, and it'll probably give a chance for some youth players to get some game time in games that have kind of already gone. If you're two, three in a look with ten minutes left. But the biggest change, and the one that I kind of want to talk about a little bit, is you know on the topic of time waste, and I think it's quite a big one for clubs like Sunderland and Ipswich in terms of the way they play, because Sunderland most games last season um, dominate possession. Teams would obviously feign injuries. Keepers would take ages to take a goal kick and nothing would ever be done about it. And obviously Ipswich from the games that I've seen and what I've heard, again, very you know possession-heavy team, like to keep getting on the ball and teams like to slow the momentum down. So with the introduction of the new rule around time wasting where pretty much everything will get added on now, that could be a big benefit to teams like Sunderland and Ipswich. Yeah, we saw it during the World Cup, didn't we, though, right? in adding on and I thought yeah that's that's good because look I think it was I think it was one game in the World Cup where 17 minutes yeah look it's not it's not cheap is it to go to football so and the amount of time that the ball's in play is minimal isn't it really when when you I was was actually shocked when I seen it because I think someone posted that on Twitter um and the one the only number I remember was League Two number and I think it was 48 minutes in League Two the ball was in play you've got like half a game when the ball's probably not in play look we've We've seen it in League One. You've seen it as well that you play these teams. They come to your ground. <laughs> you know these players are not injured yeah. when they go down. They're they're pulling the wall over the ref's eyes, like your goalkeepers. I think it was Pompey. We played Pompey at home last year. It might have been the year before, and it was like 
they got a pre-planned thing. They said on 70 minutes, the goalkeeper goes down with cramp. You know, <laughs> they all come over to the side, don't they? This, this is what annoys me where, where I sit. We sit near the, near, the, um, near the dugouts and it's like, they come over. It's like a timeout, isn't it? They're all there having a yeah. drink and you're thinking, there's nothing wrong with him. You know there's nothing wrong with him. But then when, when the end of the game comes, you see the ball go up sometimes. You see sometimes you think four or five minutes and you think, no. It's probably yeah. double that. So at least, yeah. so look, it's it's like these new rules that they always bring in. It'll be interesting to see how it goes, like moving forward, because obviously, at the start, they'll be really hot on it, the refs. But I've seen rules before that two or three months into the season, and then they just go back to where they were before. And I, th- so, I think that's one of the worst things about EFL, well, the EFL in general, is you know the timekeeping of football. And I mean, a lot of people, I think I said this in a podcast last season at some point, and a lot of people just don't realise it's a thing, but the goalkeeper has the ball in his hands for more than seven seconds. It's a free kick. But uh, you can probably... It does it now. Never implemented. And I mean, I think there was one time last season, I can't remember who it was, it might have been QPR, which obviously they were playing under Gareth Ainsworth, which is no surprise. I think it was 19 seconds the keeper had the ball in his hand, eventually released it, nothing to him whatsoever. And I think that's the thing that annoys people the most, especially when you're a team like Sunderland, team like Ipswich, where you're going to keep the ball. You're probably going to dominate a lot of teams at home, possession-based-wise. So when the ball goes out of play and you know their right-back goes over to take a throw-in, decides he doesn't want to take it, he drops the ball, no-one goes to take it. A minute and a half, two minutes have gone before they take the throw-in. That's when people start getting annoyed. And, and referees tend to do nothing about it. Hopefully this season changes that. Yeah, because you, you know that they're bending the rules and I, and I know sometimes when you're probably away from home that if you're winning I, I can see sometimes where you're going to have to take time out of the game I get that but it's when it, it always amuses me though because you'll play these teams and they'll be doing all this and then you'll pop a goal into them probably with yeah. about 10-15 minutes to go and then you see none of that do you it's yeah, all like front extra it goes out for a throw quickly get it back in play and you, you think yeah. look, you, the referees are obviously they obviously know what's going on. For me, I've always said that I'd like there to be like an independent timekeeper. You know, in like rugby league, when they blow the hooter and that's the end of the game. Yeah. Where the time's taken out of the ref's hands because the ref's got enough to deal with. You have an independent independent guy. He does the clock. But look, it, it's an interesting thing. And it's if you've got a train to catch for some of these games, you're probably going to have to get a later yeah. train that you add on like 10, 15 minutes in the game, aren't you really? So yeah. look, let's let's just wait and see how it goes. You know, everyone loves a late goal, don't you? It'd be great, wouldn't it, if you score in about plus fourteen. Yeah. Not so much if you can see it though. The winner in plus fourteen. That yeah. make me drive home a lot. Well <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see how well that gets implemented. because um, like we've seen, like you've seen in League One, the championship uh, the EFL referee isn't necessarily the best and I can assure you that it doesn't get any better in the championship. I'd yeah, be worse, actually. Sorry, mates, don't expect just because we've gone up to the championship that the refs will be any better because they're, they're bloody terrible in that league. I, I, like, I think, we, again, we've spoken about this on podcasts before where we've looked at some of the decisions that went against us last season. Genuinely think the referees are worse in the championship than the Iron League one. So we'll let you make your own judgment on that one. Um, but hopefully Sunday's game isn't decided by a refereeing decision. Um, second to last thing. Ipswich's lineup for Sunday. If you want to guess the starting eleven, what would it be? Well, obviously, we got a few injuries, so um, I don't think Christian Walton's going to be playing goal. So that's a blow for us. 
because he was um well he was ever present apart from about 10 minutes in the last game last home game last season they brought on Halaki uh who's who we signed from Salford Paul Cook signed him not a bad backup but he's not quite a Christian Martin. so I think he starts in goal um at the back two centre backs probably Luke Wolf and then Cameron Burgess uh, right back would normally be Harry Clark, but he is injured, but he's suspended because he got sent off at um, Fleetwood in the last game. It was crazy. Mm. He got yellow cards in the last 10 minutes. I thought, what are you doing? It's like a nothing game. So I think uh, Jano had the National come in, which um, he was... There's only two players we've got left from when we got relegated under Paul Lambert, and he's one of them. So um, I think he'll have a tough... He's a good defender. He won't probably offer a lot going forward, but he'll be, he'll probably be up against um, Jack Clark. So he'll have his hands full. Probably our best player is Leif Davis. Mm. Um, plays left back, but he he pushes forward. I think he got 12 or 13 assists uh, last season. He's a Geordie. Um, he used to lead, didn't he? With, with a couple of tickets for his, um, his girlfriend and his stepdad. So... He's a good player, and I think if he has a really good season, Leif Davis, he was, we signed him from Leeds for about a million. Mm. Um, he was outstanding last year. I think if he has a really, really good season this season, I could see him probably ending up in the Premier League. Um, we had, I don't know if you remember Aaron Cresswell, we had who plays for West Ham. Yeah. Uh, we signed him from Tranmere, and he's obviously, he played for us, and then he got sold to West Ham. So he's a similar sort of player to him. Uh, midfield two will be Sam Morsey, the captain, and I think probably Jack Taylor. Obviously, we signed him from Peterborough. Uh, Massimo Luongo, we signed him from Middlesbrough uh, on a free um, last January. Uh, he signed for another year. I think he's he's got a bit of a knock, so I don't think he'll play. But I think we chased Jack Taylor, I think, for two windows. Um, he'd been down to the ground in January, but... Um, Darren McCantney, I think he wanted to keep him at Peterborough to try and see if they could get out of the league. But I think he did sort of, it was no surprise when we signed Jack Taylor. I think it's one of the worst kept secrets, you know, that yeah. he's going to come to town. He's a good player. Be interesting to see how he fits in. Uh, on the right, uh, Wes Burns will play uh, Welsh international. He's um, he's rapid. So whoever you got at left back might have their hands full. Um, and then we've got obviously, well, hopefully Broadhead plays on the um, left. If he doesn't play, it's an interesting one there. We've got Kyle Edwards could come in. You've got Marcus Harness. Obviously, Amari Hutchinson has signed on loan from uh, Chelsea, 19, really highly rated. So, he, he, McKenna might chuck him in uh, on his for his debut, but um, we'll have to wait and see there. And then, obviously, we've got Connor Chaplin. He got 26 goals. Um he was a joint top scorer last year in League One with Clark Harris at Peterborough. So he's looking, um, I think he'll have a good season. And up front, we've got, um, we signed George Hurst. Yeah. We signed him from Leicester. He came in on loan last season. He's, I think he got seven goals. Um, he made a big impact. So, but he's played, he had two loan spells in the championship. He was at uh, Blackburn and yeah. Rob. And he's not all starts, but I think he's played about 40 games in the championship and he's not scored a goal yet. So, Interesting to see how he goes this season. Um, paid a bit of money for him. He's the son of um, David Hurst, who used to play for Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Um, but I think he's a really good signing. He was, he was one of these players. Who's, he's had a few loan moves. He's, I think he's 24 now, and he really needed to make some of his home. Yeah. And he, he he got on really well. Good 
good rapport with Chaplin. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll be a starting starting striker, and hopefully he can. Um, he scored three in pre-season, scored against Leipzig last um, week in the friendly. So he's um, yeah, he, he probably won't finish the game because very rarely in League One did whoever started up front. They probably played about seventy minutes. Then we've got um, Freddie the Dapo to come off the bench. He'll probably. Mm-hmm. Placehurst probably on about seventy, I'd have thought. But um, yeah, we, we got a, we got a decent decent lineup there. But it's it's off the bench where I'm going to be interested to see what we've got and if they can sort of make an impact because they did in the championship, but in the um league one, but in the championship, I think it's a it's a, it's a big step up. So we'll have to see how some of them get on. Yeah. In terms of Sunderland's lineup, I think it somewhat picks itself after the last preseason game, which I'm not sure if you saw, but it was a five-two defeat. To Hartlepool. Um, yeah, I think that was that was your second string. I think the the game against Mallorca was the one that will probably yeah. line up and thought against us. Yeah, and that will be what well, I presume. Patterson, obviously in goal. Nathan Bishop signed as backup there. Trey Hume, Dan Ballard, Luke Nine, Dennis Sergan, Dan Neil, and Pierre Equa with Patrick Roberts, Job Bellingham, Jack Clark, and Hemia up front. Last thing before I let you go: score predictions for the game. Probably the hardest game to predict of the season being the first one because no one knows yes. who's who. We've got some injuries and I, I think a lot depends when at uh, four o'clock when the lineups will be out. Who's in that team? If, if Broadhead's in that team, I, I think we could get a positive result. Look, it's going to be, look, what, 40,000 there on Sunday? Um, big atmosphere. I see um, Marcus Stewart's the guest of honour at the game, which is absolutely yeah. brilliant. You know, they're raising money for um, the Derby Rimmer Foundation. So it's great that he was he obviously a legend at town and he'd he done really well for you. He got a promotion. I think he won the league. That'd be nice to see him. But I, look, I think it's a, it's a real tough game for town first up. You know, you had a great season last season and probably exceeded expectations. And I think you've probably, you're expecting this season to be up there after sort of making the playoffs last year. I, I, I will go for... I don't want to be a doom and gloom merchant, but I think you might stage <laughs> it by the odd goal. It'd probably be be two one. Um, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'm, I'm more to see the performance. You know, if we have a positive performance, yeah. obviously in front of the sky cameras, and there'll be a lot of people probably watching on TV who haven't seen Town play for a, a few seasons because obviously we've been in League One and we ain't really featured much on the telly. But I just hope we have a positive performance and people will see what a what a good football team we are now under under Kieran McKenna. You know, he's he's a top, top coach. I do agree with you a little bit when I think it was a second tier pod. I think they I think it was the the manager they'd like most to manage their team. Now they had him number one and you've got people in there who've got promotions and you've got bloody Neil Warnock's in there. You think Blimey, he's had yeah. eight promotions, is it? So look, Kieran is highly rated and I, I do think he'll manage in the in the Premier League, but he's only managed in League One. Last season, we we had a big budget and we still didn't win the league there. You know, we Plymouth, look, fair play to them. They were great. And Schumacher there, he's another great young coach. But it's going to be interesting to see how Kieran... Because you'll go through bad spells in the championship. It won't be... I think we we went 19 games unbeaten at the end of the season there. And I, I can't see that we're going to do that in the championship. If we did, it'd be absolutely fantastic, you know. But it'll be interesting to see how he reacts when we have a f- bit of a sticky spell because it's it's going to happen. You know, but I think he's good enough, and he's got good coaching staff around him to to come through that. And 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to the game Sunday. It's obviously like football's back. You look at the weather normally, isn't it? First game of the season, it's red hot, but it's not going to yeah. be this Sunday, which will probably the players will probably be grateful for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm more the performance. Look, I, look, obviously, I want to win. You know, get them three points. But I, I just want a positive performance. And if we have a positive performance and we lose the game, so be it. You know, but, but you never know. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go two one Sunderland. Yeah. I think, I'll, I think I'll go with a 1-1 to start the season, which I don't think either club would be too too disheartened with that result. But, of course, that is 5pm on Sunday at the Stadium Light. It is on Sky Sports. We'll have a podcast out, hopefully on the Monday, to discuss what happens during that game. Hopefully a positive result. And, of course, from the opposition perspective, if you go to Talking Town, you will find reaction from the game from their point of view as well. But that is all for today. So thank you for joining us today, Rich. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us on. That's all, folks.